today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Well, round two of the NAFTA renegotiations uh, are slated for this Friday. Uh, they're going to be in Mexico City. Uh, that, of course, uh, with <laughs> this cloud hanging over their heads right now of uh, Donald Trump suggesting even a couple of times over the last three or four days that he's probably going to kill the deal. Uh, I don't know if he means the renegotiated deal or just plain rip the one up that's uh, in existence right now. But it does uh, give Canada and Mexico, the other two trading partners in NAFTA, pause for concern. So what's going to happen? Let's ask Marvin Ryder, business professor at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University here in Hamilton. Good morning, Marvin. How are you today? I am fine, thank you, Bill. Uh, I, I don't. I, I was going to ask you, is, is there a plan B for Canada and Mexico? It might be a plan C or D. We're kind of moving down the list here, aren't we? <laughs> well... So a couple of things here. First, I think you have to um, take Donald Trump with a gigantic grain of salt. Uh, Last week, uh, I was vacationing in California at the same time that Donald Trump decided to visit nearby Arizona. He spoke for 76 minutes, uh, mostly like a campaign rally, uh, touched all the high points, or or maybe like a Katy Perry concert. You heard all the favorites from the past. Uh, Within that 76 minutes, for exactly two minutes of the 76 he spoke about NAFTA, and he said, folks, you know, uh, Canada and Mexico, they're being tough on all this. Uh, uh, look, maybe I should just rip it up. What do you say, folks? Should I just rip it up? Rip it up. And, of course, they all start chanting, rip it up, rip it up. Uh, you know, he's playing like a rock concert, and that's not how you set policy. I don't actually take it terribly seriously. Now, it is true that the President of the United States has the power to end trade agreements, does not have the power to ratify trade agreements, does have the power to end trade agreements, but the two times it's been used in the past, it's been justified because of other political actions. In other words, we had a trade agreement with the com- country. It's now turned hostile towards us, so I'm ending the agreement. Congress said, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. I think if he walked into Congress and said, I want to rip up NAFTA as it stands today, and Congress said, why? And he said, well, you know, they're just tough people. I don't like the deal. They tell him to take a leap. And I think that's the thing we have to remember here. He's a negotiator that loves negotiating in public. He loves to get you off his game, get you off your game, excuse me, by being this loud type uh, type of person. And the smartest thing Canada and Mexico can do is just ignore it, keep our head down, keep our eyes focused on what we need to do. And to their credit, both Canada and Mexico have been doing exactly that. But notwithstanding, because we keep hearing that, Marvin, that oh, there's a lot, you know, the lighthouse is a lot smarter, and he's, he's, a, he's a, a veteran trade negotiator. He knows this stuff. But they get their marching orders from the White House. Well, they do. And so let's talk about round one, which ended uh, just about 10 days ago now. Um, yes, America put, I think it was 36 different proposals on the table. Uh, here's, here's some language you would like to see here. Here's some language you want to see here. Here's some language you want to see here. Canada and Mexico each put on about 10 proposals, so you know, quite different in terms of the number of proposals. Uh, what did they do? Well, in that first round, they said, thank you for your proposals. We'll go away and study them, and we'll come back. And so this round two is a chance to respond and say, yes, we can agree to this language, or no, we want some changes here. And that's really what negotiations are. Now, uh, the United States has suggested, this is now the United States, not Canada or Mexico, that they want this wrapped up by February of 2018. That means uh, an awful lot of these uh, proposals are either going to have to be accepted on face value 
or there's going to have to be serious negotiations. Uh, some of them are totally unacceptable to Canada. I can give you a quick one here is that there's a dispute rec- a resolution agreement that we have today under NAFTA, which says we need a tripartite panel. In essence, a judge from Canada, a judge from Mexico, a judge from the United States, and they will adjudicate it. The Americans' counterproposal in this round is we want American judges to resolve all disputes. Well, no, that's not going to work. And, and I guarantee you, Bill, at some point in the next month or two, there's going to be a negotiation somewhere, and Canada will likely storm out. We'll just say, well, this is unacceptable, and if you're not talking, we're going to leave. Because that's some of the theater that goes around these kinds of negotiations. You and I, though, I don't think we should worry about it. We've got good people at the table, and, and yes, let the Americans... Uh, put some things on the table. Some of them we, we're not surprised at. One of the big ones the Americans want are some significant changes to intellectual property rights. That's things like copyrights and trademarks. They have whole corporations that rely on copyrights and trademarks. And these copyrights were going to expire 50 years after the death of an author. Well, think what the Disney Corporation would be worth if all of a sudden all that copywritten material that Walt Disney had becomes public domain. Walt Disney died in 1968. Next year is the 50th anniversary of his death. If that stuff all became public domain, Disney would cease to exist as a company. That's one of the reasons why they're pushing for these changes. And I think we're probably going to be amenable to some of those things that they're talking about. But there are other things where we'll draw a line in the sand and say, look, there's no no way in the heck that we're going to agree to this. You're going to have to compromise. And, and I think the United States understands that. I think Lighthouser understands that. Now, can he sell it to Donald Trump? Well, you know, that's, that's the elephant in the room, so to speak. So to get to your question of plan B, if Donald Trump were to simply say, I'm not satisfied with any of this, I'm just going to tear up NAFTA, well, again, he can't do that. He'd have to give us some warning, usually six months to a year, and then we would be raising questions about things that had got subsumed in NAFTA. The biggest one of those, Bill, is the uh, auto pact for years yep. the auto pact governed how canada and the united states traded automobile parts and automobiles back and forth when nafta was originally signed we brought that into that agreement if you're tearing it up we need that to reappear so you know even tearing it up doesn't mean that suddenly we're without something we're going to have to sort out then what the new world order is that's what plan b or c or d is and I'm sure we've studied some lawyers who say, well, now, if they do that, this is what would suddenly default back into action. But I, I still believe at the end of the day we'll get a deal, and it will be a deal that we'll all enjoy. As, as Mike Pence, the vice president, has said, it'll be win-win-win for all three parties. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.